guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Asherish, and this is... Ivy. So, I'll be spending the next three weekends in the beautiful mountains of West Virginia. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back to work on the documentary. Um, I think that it, you know, obviously it needs to happen. Um, I'm not very hopeful for what's gonna, what I'm gonna find. But, <laughs> you know, I haven't found the Mothman yet, but, <laughs> you know, maybe he'll be there this time. <laughs> so I tried to call him and he didn't answer my, my, my call. So I don't know. I, I, I told him, I left him a voicemail. I said, I'm going to be there. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he gets the message. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go down there and mostly do like, I don't know. I, I guess most of it's just going to be... Um, you know, a Blair Witch Project style thing <laughs> at this point. Just walking around the woods, seeing if I find anything, see anything. You know, maybe I'll get new information. I'm probably going to try to, like, vet the locals and things like that. It's kind of a odd situation because, especially with the, you know, with the coronavirus going on, because it's like, how do you, you know, it's, it's already kind of hard to convince people to want to freely get on camera and talk about something as bizarre as the fucking Mothman. It's even harder when you have the uh, coronavirus involved. So, but well, you can social I mean, distance, yeah. People be wearing masks, so right. their identity will be confused. Well, I mean, we could do interview. You know, we're gonna do interviews outside with people, and um, you know, it'll be nice. Um, you know, I'll be able to have. You know, I've got two cameras now, so I'll have that, and I'll have people with me, so I'll have everybody basically taking different shots of different things. So, um, but it'll be fun. I mean. You know, the, the fun part about it is usually I try to take someone new. And, um, you know, every time they get to go, it's I kind of get to play, like, because I've been so many times, I get to play, like, tour guide. And I'm like, and this is where the bridge collapsed. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you just turn around, and right there's the Mothman Museum, and right beside it's the statue, and that's Point Pleasant, West Virginia. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Um, I want to try to go to the... Uh, uh, Braxton County, West Virginia, but it, girl, it's like, it's it's like five hours away from here, so it's like on one of these weekends, I, I'm gonna try to do an overnight there, and um, one of our friends, she's got a um, she's got a tent and stuff, so what we're thinking about doing is, or what I'm thinking about doing is, you know, we'll stay, we'll sleep out that night in the TNT area, and then um, you know, camping, and then the next day we'll get up and go to Braxton County. But it's going to fucking... It's so hot right now. Like, it's been so gross, and it's the worst time Girl, to do that. get you one of those handheld fans on Amazon. Right. I need a whole ass air conditioning unit. Do they sell those on Amazon? <laughs> Portable air conditioner? Probably. <laughs> because it's going to be fucking disgusting. So, I... But, you know, I got to do it. It's just part of the job. I guess I don't have to. I could probably get a room somewhere, but fuck it. So, That's money. I mean, yeah, but it's pretty cheap. Nobody wants to fucking stay in West Virginia. So, like, it's <laughs> it's pretty cheap down there. It's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, I could stay at the Low. The Low Hotel is supposedly haunted. I've, you know, heard stories of it and whatever. And, you know, I've always wanted to stay. So, I don't know. Maybe that's what I'll do instead. But, anyway, that's, that's what I've got going on. And so, right now, I'm just trying to um, get some, you know, consolidate my my scripts and stuff and that way I could do some like you know some actual filming of like you know me talking with things in the background I guess <laughs> some cinematic shots I don't know guys I'm a shitty film filmmaker but 
But I've got some great ideas, so stay tuned. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, you know, this week, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's a topic that I've kind of wanted to cover for a while. It's something that uh, is in the back of my mind a lot, <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but I figured this week we'd kind of um, switch gears a little bit and talk about the ethics of uh, science, or rather, um, the unethics of science. So... You know, science is a really, it's a really slippery slope because in order for us to learn new things, we have to do some really shady shit to get there. <laughs> and um, not everybody agrees. Not everybody has uh, the same, you know, thought process on what's ethical and what's not. And then you have the variance between different countries and things like that, you know, different fields of study. Um, but one thing that recently kind of piqued my interest in it was I was actually talking about um, uh, like uh, or like organ transplantation. You know, it that was it was really it was really a very um, hot topic. Like people didn't know if if they were comfortable with the idea of transplanting organs from person to person. And um, and it was a very slow progression. And so it's like but then it's like once we found out that we could do that. We're like, well, shit, what else can we take off of somebody else and put into somebody? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, what all can we do here? And so um, it kind of got this weird, there was like a weird interest in um, like head transplant studies. And so it, and, and it was bizarre. So it's like, you know, you take a paraplegic, somebody that is paralyzed from the neck down and if and if we could get you know a seemingly decent body for them maybe a cadaver or something and put their head on that body you know then maybe they could walk again maybe we could fix that issue and um you know it started with these like weird experiments because they weren't just like doing the head transplant thing they were also at that point they were questioning then your consciousness like where is your consciousness located then and so, um, you know, it started off with these weird uh, scientists that were taking um, dogs and uh, like the one scientist just completely detached the head of a dog and um, was like seeing if he could just keep the head alive. And he could and he did. <laughs> and it responded to stimuli. So it's just the dog's head hooked up to a bunch of machines. Actually, I think there's a video and stuff of it. Actually, all these I believe there's video of. Um, and, um, you know, they did that. So, like, well, what happens if we take that dog head and we put it onto the body of another dog? <laughs> so, they did that. And um, so, they created a two-headed dog. And, gosh, the one scientist, he did it over and over again. He did it, like, 30 times on both ends or something. I, maybe not 30. I don't remember exactly. But he did it a couple of times. And, um, you know, usually he would take a puppy's head and put it onto an adult body. I don't know why. I don't know if it had better chances of survival. I don't know if it was because of size. Um, but he would take, you know, the puppy's head, put it on a, on another dog's body. So he'd make a two-headed dog, basically. And um, both heads would respond to stimuli. Um, <clears throat> the one lived for, like, almost a month. It, it lived for a long time like that. And, uh, you know, he would note how, like, he'd usually place the head the second head kind of behind the one dog's head, kind of on its neck. And uh, like he noted how like the puppy head would still want to be playful and would like bite at the ear of like the bigger dog and the bigger dog would be annoyed. <laughs> and you know, but really very kind of sad actually. 
Um, but then they upped this. They, they upped the ante on it. And uh, they took a... And these were all different scientists, by the way, um, doing similar experiments for the sake of science. But they took a... Um, they took a monkey. They took two monkeys. And they wanted to, you know, take the heads off and switch them. Switch bodies. You know, switch hands. And, uh, and they did. And they successfully did. And it... it was fine the monkey responded it was actually very upset it was like it was very distressed and um i don't know that's kind of unnerving to think about because it's like again one question that came into play was what about the consciousness you know what's going to happen you know how are you going to feel when you wake up and you're you're on somebody else's body well not only that but you know a monkey can't necessarily consent so right just like takes your head off switches on another monkey it's just like hey what the fuck <laughs> I didn't ask for this. <laughs> yeah, and so it was, you know, but the monkey was very upset and it lived. It did die due to, um, most of these died due to complications during surgery. Or, you know, from surgery, but not complications from surgery, if that makes sense. Like, they die of, like, infection or Yeah, it wasn't, just like, basic. from the outcome right. of the surgery. It was from the surgery itself. Oh, right, exactly. And so, you know, they were doing that. And this was, like, primarily, like, the 40s, 50s, 60s. And, like, during that time, like, the reason why it was brought up to me was because one of the, the horror movies that, that I'm hosting is um, uh, The Brain That Wouldn't Die. And so, you know, I was doing a bunch of research and stuff, writing out my scripts and things like that. And it was, like, kind of a big topic at the time because it's about this you know this husband and, and a, or this two fiancés get into a car accident and uh the man the lady's decapitated he takes her head and takes it to a lab keeps it alive and then now he's got to find her a body so he's like out trying to find somebody to kill to like bring her a body and um so it but it like really called into question the ethics of it because his fiance had no idea because he was like kind of secretly a mad scientist and she had no idea, and she was extremely disgusted. And she would, you know, she'd wake up, and she'd, like, beg his assistant to, like, kill her. She's like, you know, this is wrong. And so it was, it, you know, it was kind of funny how, you know, prevalent it really was in, like, pop culture then because, you know, it was something that was realistic or at least seemed realistic at the time. Now, to date, we have not trans successfully transplanted uh, a human head. We've not done that. And um, we've had people that have volunteered i think we had one volunteer recently and he backed out um but it has to be approved by so many people it has to be funded and the surgery itself is like millions and millions of dollars like it's crazy expensive and so you know will we ever do it we probably will um but i feel like what we can do scientifically is getting more and more restricted as we grow as a species which is kind of weird because we are becoming more advanced um, you know, at this point, it would seem more plausible to create, like, a robot body and put the head on it instead of, like, trying to take, uh, you know, another person's body and using it, which I think is silly. I mean, you have the option to donate your body to science when you die, so it's like, you know, why not use cadaver bodies to do those types of things? But again, people think that that's kind of playing God, and, uh, you know, we see that in cloning a lot, you know? People think that cloning is is unethical, and cloning's a weird. I mean, it, it it is a strange thing. I remember they saw. Did you see the uh, the mummified uh, baby woolly mammoth a couple years ago? Mm -mm. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they found one, and it was pretty well preserved, and preserved enough to where they can probably clone it. 
Um, but they haven't because people don't think you should. They're like, oh, well, it's extinct for a reason. Just like, you know, Jurassic Park, you know. Right. Like, everybody's like, do you want to live in Jurassic Park? Because that's how you get Jurassic Park. And it's like, but it's the Wally Manor. Right. And it's like, but then again, it's like, if we did kill these animals, it could come in handy because we could repopulate, uh, you know, extinct species or endangered species before they become endangered. But if we clone them, they wouldn't have a choice because we've raised them. They wouldn't have a choice but to be captive their whole life. And so, is that ethical? I mean, then for what reason are we... I mean, not necessarily. Like, if we do it enough, like, yeah, we're going to have to, like, the first time it's successfully done, like, from, you know, it lives a full, healthy life, we'll want to monitor it and study it. But, you know, at a certain point, if it continues to be successful, there wouldn't really be a reason why we couldn't. I mean, because we, we can clone if, you know, we're capable. We, we, we have Dolly. Have you, have you seen Dolly? Is that the dog? No, she's a sheep or a lamb or something. She's yeah, like a but goat it's, or something. It's not, like, <laughs> self-sustaining, though. What do you mean? It's not like other sheep. Oh. Because it's not stable. I don't think Dolly had any issues. I don't know for sure. I don't think she had any issues. She might have been it, uh, stable. She don't think she could reproduce, and so I think that was like one of the big issues that they had. But other than that, it was pretty successful. At least she lived a full life, and I don't think she did. Maybe she did. I don't know. I, th- I, know. I thought she did. She was. I mean, we can successfully clone. It's just that people don't want us to. People are upset that we want to clone, and they don't want us to. We were talking about cloning the other day, um, and. Uh, I was trying to explain. So I'm hanging out with um, with Shane and Steve. <laughs> it's like, these sound like fake names. <laughs> I'm hanging out with Shane and Steve. And uh, we were talking. Actually, we were kind of talking about nature versus nurture. And uh, we were talking about the value of a human life compared to the value of, like, products or whatever. And uh, we were explaining, like, say you took Steve, okay, and you cloned him. And, you know, you made another Steve. Say you made five Steves. They are not ever going to be the same Steve. Like, they're not going to grow up to be the same Steve because of your experiences and everything that goes along with it. So, like, you can clone, you can clone me. You can clone me. But I'm not going to be the same person because my upbringing would be totally different. And it's like... Well, I think that kind it of kind of depends on the process because it's not like you just step into a machine it scans you and poof on the other side there's There's another another you right it's probably more along the lines of you know um like in vitro it is yeah you start off as like a baby and you know it's from birth they usually they'll like create i i don't know how exactly but they'll like create your recreate your dna and and put it into a surrogate and then well, did you know that women are actually able to impregnate themselves, like, through science, not just in general, what do you but mean? Huh. I think it's, there's something within the bone, there's a specific name for it, but basically they can impregnate themselves. They can what? continue to repopulate. Yeah, it, it came about because some, like, feminist person was just like, you know, who needs men? Like, and then somebody commented, like, you know how else are you going to populate the world <laughs> and they like posted this like scientific study and like, <laughs> we don't need you <laughs> it was pretty funny that's pretty funny I'll have to look into that and see I mean I'm sure the science isn't totally there yet because 
I mean, I'm sure we know about it. So there probably are, there are probably still some kinks working. Right. But what is that? <laughs> right, girl, we start with prosthetic limbs, and now we got like maybe I'll stick robotic arms and shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's interesting. No, I didn't. I didn't realize that that was a possibility. Um, you know, but I, you know, I, I've looked into it. Not enough. You know, every year they're like, we're going to clone dinosaurs again. And then it doesn't, you know, we, we, we never end up cloning dinosaurs because everybody thinks it's a it's a bad idea because Jurassic Park. Um, I mean, just do the nice ones, like the long neck. <laughs> and make a Jurassic Park and I'll go and I'll pet all the dinosaurs. Right, keep the raptors and the T-Rex in the ground. I mean, I think the question is like whether or not we should do it and, and um, to, like, why would we do that? Just so we could see them, that would be selfish. And then it's like, then what? Then it throws off our ecosystem because they're not supposed to be here anymore. However, they really are supposed to be here. Some of the species are still supposed to be here. It's just that, you know, humans have killed them off. So it's like, do we just clone those or do we just clone everything just to see how it works? Um, I mean, I think we, I think we could. I think we could, and I think that it, it would be interesting. I don't think that we should, you know, make a whole herd of woolly mammoths, but certainly if we just clone the one, um, you know, just to see how it lives. Yeah, because um, it's probably different from species to species. Right, right, just to, just to, so we could know definitively what it looks like. Oh, let's fucking clone a dinosaur, so that way we could know definitively, you know, what they look like, because we don't even know that, you know? Girl, then there'd be all kind of conspiracies. <laughs> Dinosaurs never existed, and science just made these dinosaurs well, in a lab. Because there are people that believe dinosaurs did not didn't exist. exist. Yeah, and that's really, really, really dumb. <laughs> like, what do they think the bones came from? Like, what do they think those are? Like, right. Like, of all the people on this earth, I'm pretty sure scientists have had the strongest backbone in not lying about information. I, I mean, right. That would kind of defeat the whole purpose of, like, being a scientist. Right. You know. Like medical professionals, yeah, they kind of, I can see them bending the lines, you know, like as far as like autopsies go, like, you know, trying <laughs> to like swing it in a certain favor. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I mean, that's true. Like I said, I don't think scientists have much stake in whether or not, however, they do do some very unethical shit for the sake of science. So they do get law. So, I mean, untrustworthy, I wouldn't say untrustworthy. Um, but I would say that they're, I don't think they lie about things. Um, right. Cause they have to basically get their standing from the validity of their points and right. another scientist can argue, you know, and then they do fucked up shit. And I think some of them do end up kind of late, you know, when they do this fucked up shit, they kind of reevaluate it later. Like, mm, what's Maybe that worth it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have to, you know, some of them have to. And, you know, when, when we start talking about, you know, um, things that are ethical and unethical, well, you know, human experimentation gets us the furthest. We will get the best results if we, if we can experiment on humans, you know, because we can't rely on, on rats. And even that is, is not ethical, really. Right. Is it? No, it's not really. So, I mean... You know what's what's the difference? Why why shouldn't we start? I think we should experiment on uh, with prisoners, but then of course I'll, I'll I'll get some backlash for saying that. But I mean, people that are really fucked up, they think we should have a 
I mean, I think if... Stop sentencing people to death and sentence them to science. <laughs> I think if people are willing to sign up for it and they give consent, then there's absolutely no reason as to why we can't do those things other than the argument of religion or personal beliefs. Well, the best, the best scientific study that we have on people happened during, right before and during and right after World War II. You know, everybody knows about the Germans and all of their, you know, human experiments. But we had, um, you know, Mengele, who he, he liked studying twins. You know, his thing was, was, was twins. But these people didn't do it in any type of humane way whatsoever. But then again, they found out more shit than they ever found out before. You know, he would take these twins and um, do all kinds of fucked up shit. He'd inject, like, color into their eyeballs just to see if the color was different on them. They would, he would try to sew them together to create a conjoined twin. Like, why? Just because you can? Probably. You know, I guess probably. If you could. If, if you had a whole um, camp of people and you're told that you can do whatever you want to these people, then I guess, yeah, you would. But, I mean, that takes some pretty fucked up people to do that. Those, those people, I don't think, I don't think they lose any sleep, as sad as that is. But Because, I mean, they're already doing things that are that fucked up. And then, the, I mean, the Japanese really hit it hard. Everybody talks about the Nazis and the Nazi, Nazi experiments. Nobody talks about the Japanese and how they fucked over the Chinese. The Chinese people are still dealing with um, issues that were brought on by the Japanese, um, by the Japanese army. And they did awful things to these people. And it's like, and I understand that, you know, Auschwitz wasn't good. But the thing about Japanese, the Japanese unit 731 and their uh, logs is that uh, they did a lot more. And they did so much. They did all this, all this shit. They, you know, they, they were, for some reason, like frostbite and like, like, fr like freezing temperatures was like a big one. So they would like dip these people in water and like ha make them stand outside in, in the winter times and until they basically froze to death. And then they would experiment on like the frozen limbs and things like that. Um, they would, you know, vivisections were always big, so they'd inject you with different drugs and then cut you right open while you're still alive and, and study what was going on in your body whenever they put that drug in your body. You know, they would force people, they would force pregnancies, they would force the spread of um, venereal diseases because they, they wanted to cure them, and they did. <laughs> I mean, as fucked up as that is, as that is they, they made some huge breakthroughs in science. And, um, you know, it was... Um, not but it wasn't a pretty sight to do it and um you know when they did all this they they became so advanced because they were able to just cut out the middleman and work directly on the source and so um you know they they made huge medical advances well a big issue that <laughs> that seemed to happen was uh you know people found out that the japanese were doing this and so the japanese are very noble people so they burnt that bitch to the ground. They burnt the facility to the ground. And a lot of the studies were lost. But we told them that if they gave us the information that they had learned and if they started working for us, their scientists and shit started working for us, we, we would absolve them of all crime. And that's what we did. And that is probably one of the biggest conspiracy theories that's happened in our entire country. And nobody knows about it because we just were like, oh, it never happened. You know, just swept it under the rug. And then eventually people started coming out. Survivors started coming out and explaining what really happened. 
and um, you know the people that did live and then some soldiers came out and started you know telling what happened and you know slowly over time we you know we learned that you know this was a thing that was going on I mean god it was really they would infect people with I mean they would just you know create a wound just to infect it with like gangrene or they'd like you know smear feces in it just to see what happened and then and then try to treat it and then you know but the, of course they would do the vivisection then after they're infected and see how that infection spread I mean it was just again they had all these people locked in cages like fucking animals and they were given the go-ahead to do whatever they wanted to them and then at the end of the day because they burnt most of the evidence all of it was in vain and it was like and it's like why <laughs> you know at that point you just tortured people for fun you know there right. was nothing scientific about it but you know rumor has it that had we um that some of the stuff that they have studied is even more advanced than than we have in some of our scientists today because we were able to experiment directly on people and um and without any kind of regard just right. Right, just Jimmy whatever you wanted to do, right, just whatever. Well, like I said, injecting fucking color into the eyeballs of twins, that's pretty bizarre. Why? What's the point of that? What are you going to learn? <laughs> you know, nothing. And so it, that was just, you know, actually some of the times you had like the good twin and then you had like the not good twin. So like you, what, what Noah did was he had two, you know, he had a set of twins and he would use one to experiment on and then he would keep the other one as like a control. And then, uh, so then the one twin would have to watch their twin go through all this torture. And then, you know, that was it. Um, what, to like see if like anything happened in well, the what, usually when twin you, that wasn't experimented on? No, when you do like a scientific experiment, you have the control. Like you're neutral. You don't do anything to it. Like, so you compare it. So he could compare like vitals between the two twins and like assume that they would be the same because they're twins. You know, and so they he would be like, "Oh, that's this is the difference. This is what caused this today, I guess." And but then like when when that twin would die, when the experimental one would die, they just they would then experiment on the other one and just kill it or, you know, whatever. There was like a case of like a um, like a eleven twelve year old boy that they tied to a chair, and they had a hammer over his head, like hanging over his head, and every so often it would um, it would fall down and, and hit his head. And it was like this for a very long time. And he actually ended up going nuts because of it. Wasn't enough to kill him. Well, I think eventually it did. But it was a very slow process because it was a constant, you know, banging of the hammer. So, you know, just, and, but why? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, just for the sake of torturing somebody? I mean, that's what that seems like to me. So, I mean. Well, weren't the Japanese, like, they have, like, some of the most, like, horrendous, like, torturing techniques. Oh okay. yeah, so absolutely. They're just a that all up. probably was yeah. just like an extension of that, or what you know, kind of developed well, different torture right. techniques. And they from were really, that point on. I mean, they were into a bunch of stuff, but they were also really into like biological warfare. So right. there's even there's like cities in China still that struggle from World War Two times where they were dropping fleas and infected with fucking malaria, you know, and, and shit. And so it's you know it's it's that's pretty scary that's pretty heartless i mean they would subject the chinese to just different random and and our government's done that didn't they do like a in the 80s they did like a they infected a bunch of um black people with syphilis didn't they do you remember yeah, that i think so yeah and you know against their will and they you know conducted their own little human experimentation so i mean it's kind of scary because it's like how do you know when they're doing it you don't right <laughs> well there's a 
a same kind of idea with HIV and AIDS too that the government was infecting people I mean it might not necessarily be the same it might not necessarily be to find a cure or to try to treat it but rather to eliminate yeah um yeah that's true I don't know it's all a weird thing and I mean we do have like a you know like try not trial um well clinical trials and so you can sign up for for clinical trials and you know be an experiment and it, it might not go well it's weird my me and my mom were talking about like the coronavirus vaccine and she was asking me well are you gonna get the vaccine when it comes out I won't go too deep into it, but I told her, um, probably not when it comes out. It just depends. I'm going to educate myself first. But then she asked, um, would you sign up for one of the clinical trials now and do it? Um, and I, 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 no, <laughs> I wouldn't. But, you know, it is kind of a slippery slope because my mom has a cat who, um, she's got uh, some type of heart issue. And, uh, you know, this cat was dying and the vet suggested they put her down. She decided to take her home because she was going to die and let her die at home. And uh, she got a call that next morning from uh, uh, Ohio State University. They were conducting a study. They had this medication and they, you know, they, they wanted to know if she was interested. And she was like, well, yeah, of course. So they got the, the cat on this medication immediately. And uh, I mean, gosh, that was like 10 years ago. And the cat's still, I mean, she's still around. And so, I mean, obviously the medication made a difference. Um, you know, my mom had a, had a hand in making that difference for other people's cats. You know what I mean? So it's like, it worked out that time. But making that decision for somebody else or another, like an animal is completely different than making that decision for yourself. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, like, yeah, you could potentially see great things and, you know, whatever, but... You know, it would be, I wouldn't mind doing, like, a clinical trial if, like, say, it's already been done and it has, like, a 90% success rate. Yeah, true. That, like, I could be okay with. But, like, the first round, I'd be like, "Mm -hmm, I don't know about it. (laughs) Yeah, like, I've never, I don't don't know if I would want to do a clinical trial. Um, I'm just not ballsy enough. I understand it's for the greater good. They need people to do it, but I don't think they pay enough. I mean, they'll pay you some well, good money. I mean, and that kind of depends on what it's actually for, too. Like, with the coronavirus specifically, no, no thanks. But if it was, like, something for, like, sleep, okay. Yeah, I mean, it really does But depend. even then, I guess you could just, like, they give you this medication, and it's a sleep medication, but... They put you in a coma. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we didn't want that kind of sleep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't think that I would be up for it. Um, I guess it would just depend on the study and, and what, I mean, I guess you're right, what it was. Um, something like the coronavirus. I mean, probably, because I, you know, have an understanding of, of vaccines. And, you know, I know that the only thing that they really change as far as the ingredients goes are is the protein in the vaccine everything else is basically the same makeup and it's like i've been getting vaccinated my entire life for other things so why wouldn't i get it for this usually vaccine injury only happens when you have an adverse reaction to one of the ingredients and it's going to happen at an early age so it's like you know it, it really it doesn't it doesn't seem like a high risk to do um, but I don't, I don't know. I guess I feel uncomfortable with the idea of being a, a guinea pig. Um, so it's like, we're not going to have volunteers for that kind of stuff. You know, 
who the fuck's gonna be like, yes, you can sew me with together with my twin and <laughs> make a conjoined twin? I don't know, my weird ass probably would. <laughs> I don't like, know. Do you think you can put me back together when after like a year? <laughs> I'd probably do something weird like that. I mean, that's you know, we went to. Um, I, I went to a restaurant today, and it was it was weird. Um, but but I went out, and um, my date he was texting me before he got there before I did. He was texting me before I got there, and I had already left for the day, and I'm already dressed. And um, you know I know it's a podcast, so nobody else can see, but I'm I'm wearing my uh, my necklace with my rat fetus inside of it, and <laughs> so I leave. And he's telling me that he ended up picking the wrong table. He picked a table that's by this, there's like a birthday party or something happening, which is just ridiculous to do in, in the days of coronavirus. Why not just fucking go to your house? Anyway, um, so, but he was talking about several people were wearing their MAGA hats. He said they prayed before they ate. <laughs> and <laughs> so, <laughs> so of course I show up and I just, I just want to make a big deal about everything. And so, um, I showed up and I was like, oh man, I've just, I've had such a long day of worshiping Satan. <laughs> and he like, he asked about my necklace. He's like, what, you know, what is that? Cause it's pretty big. And I'm just, <laughs> rat fetus. <laughs> right. Just to turn your head just enough and yeah. say it just loud enough that they can hear it. Uh, but they didn't, of course, they never said anything. But um, yeah, so I just, I just remembered that happened today. It was pretty hilarious. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think that we should definitely, um, you know, we should definitely experiment on people. I think we should be open to the idea of experimenting on people, but not experimenting on people against their will, um, because it, it does make sense to do that. I mean, again, we're gonna we're gonna get the best results from other people, and, and of course, I'm not talking about you know <laughs> the bad stuff, but <laughs> you know, it, it would be a lot better, and it'd be kind of nice to. You know, be able to trust that your government's not going to fucking flea bomb you with malaria fleas. So. Right. <laughs> Rather do it on willing participants right. than like, against let, their let fucking me decide. will. Like, let the city vote on it first. Like, will we have malaria fleas? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the ballot. <laughs> there was this other experiment, and it's not nearly as nefarious, but it's very interesting. And it did call ethics into play. And they, and they have a movie, and the movie's actually really good compared to the experiment itself. Um, but it's called the Stanford Prison Experiment. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. So this um, this uh, psychology teacher decided to do an assignment, and it was all voluntary, okay? So kids could sign up for this assignment that he did, and what they did was they made a makeshift prison on, at, at Stanford University, and uh, everybody would sign up, and then they all got a role. Not all of them got a role, um, but, well, I mean, they all got a role, but it wasn't equal. So some were, um, some were prisoners and some were guards, prison guards. And so, and they went and lived as if they were prisoners. And, um, the experiment ended early because pretty quickly the prison guards kind of got, you know, power hungry. And they started treating the quote-unquote prisoners like shit. And the prisoners were having a hard time differentiating fantasy from reality. And they started going crazy and started thinking that they were actual prisoners. 
and and but they did it like an like real person. They had visitation. Sounds like a guilty conscience to me. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm getting what I deserve. Because you are. <laughs> um, but it really it started to get out of hand, and uh, you know, but they had like visitation time with family members, and they had like a parole board where you could try to like leave early, and these people like wanted to leave. And they'd be like, well, you you know, you can just leave. I think some people did end up leaving the experiment, but it was hard because they were still very much in their role when it was happening. And it was just um, very bizarre. And then, so, but again, the experiment was, was cut short. It was deemed unethical um, because they, they, you know, feel like it, it could have caused some type of lingering, you know, mental health issues going forward, some type of trauma. Well, there's a, a lot of universities that um, get backlash because I forget what they're called, but basically they have these sections of land where they just lay out bodies and they decompose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Body farms. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, there's so much, like, backlash behind it, but it's like, you know, Good. that can help us. <laughs> Yeah. In so many ways, yeah. like as far as like if somebody's murdered and somebody tries to hide the body, you're gonna know like how long that person's been dead, you know, whatever. You yeah. you can find out all kinds of information from being able to study something like that, mm-hmm. you know. But there's so many people that are like up in arms about it, and it's like, are you upset because it's happening, or are you upset because of your personal beliefs? Did you take um, anatomy and physiology in high school? No. Oh, my gosh. It was the best class. It was the best. The first day there, he's like, ex- you know, he's kind of, the teacher's kind of explaining, I can't remember his name, but he's kind of like explaining the situation and how it is. And like, one of the first things he brings out is like this, uh, like vivisected, like human arm. And it's got like, you know, it's basically a human arm with no skin, pretty much. And, uh, you know, he passes it around the classroom, and it was just, it was just amazing. He's, you know, pulling out other stuff, brains and eyeballs and all kinds of shit. And he's like, here, look at this. And I thought it was really cool. <laughs> but, though, I mean, you know, that's another, that is an ethical, another ethical thing is that, like, you know, you need cadavers. You need cadavers to study with. Like, what do you, you don't want to, I guess nowadays we can make them. Um, but as far as, like, decomposition goes, you know, of the human body, it's like, well, you know, it's going to be different. I mean, but for the most part, I guess I don't see why we still need that anymore. Granted, I haven't looked into it for a while. Well, as far as I know, they do, like, different things with the bodies. Like, they'll... Yeah. Like, some will be exposed to summer, some will be first exposed to the fall. as an example. But then they also do, like... Put um, different chemicals on them. Yeah, like bleach and wine and, you know, whatever else. See how it affects them. Yeah. I mean, when you donate your body to science, like, I think if you, like, donate your organs, that you can basically end up like one of those people. Like, if they can't use your organs, I'm not sure. It might have changed, but it used to be that way, and I don't know if it was called something else, but it might have changed to organ donor. Yeah, there's a difference between donating your body to science and being an organ donor. I think I thought but I'm not sure yeah I can't remember there's there was some weird like I read it was a long time that I read about it though it was like I don't know like 10 years ago I can't wait till I'm old and I can just be like just take me out to the farm already <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
<laughs> just throw my body in the field. But there are um, people that like say can't afford like funeral expenses. Like yeah. they'll actually donate the bodies to mm-hmm. different universities, and then when they're done with the bodies, you know they'll provide the services yeah. and everything for it. But you know I don't know if that's depending on what it is. There used to be um, like motivation to uh, to actually for people to kill people so that they'd be serial killers because they would um, you could sell cadavers to like universities and stuff and they really wouldn't question where they came from and that's kind of weird. <laughs> you can't really do that shit now. But what's his name did it? H H Holmes did it. He was a big killer. Um, you know he, he killed a lot of people, and um, but uh, some people did it. You know just for the money, just because they'd make that money off of the body. It was really I don't know. Like I said, I'm not sure how they got away with it for so long. I mean, the, the, and you know there's probably some dumbass out there that's like, oh, I'll just dump this body at the body farm, like as if the bodies oh, aren't identified God. with. Right nowadays, <laughs> right. Like, oh, we're just, I wonder how many though have gone. Unnoticed. I mean, they don't go out there and check their toe tags every day, do they? <laughs> well, I mean, there, I'm sure there's like, like some kind of identity system. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I forget like what it's called, but like the item that's being experimented, there's a term for it. Uh-huh. Like whatever. Exhibit? Like, exhibit, yeah. <laughs> exhibit A, exhibit B. Yeah. You know, if you just throw a body out there, like <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> <Exhibit Whitney. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's really rude and disrespectful. <laughs> Exhibit <laughs> dead ass, right? <laughs> dead ass. <laughs> that's the way they died. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like Exhibit died on the toilet. That's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Auto erotic asphyxiation. I can't say it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably how they do it. I, I think that would make the job fun, you know. <laughs> right. I, I think that that's okay. I don't see an issue doing that. I don't give a fuck what happens. We kind of talked about this. I don't, I don't care what happens to me when I die. Like, you just, I'm not using my body anymore. Why not fucking donate your body? I, I don't see why you wouldn't. I don't see why you wouldn't at least put your body to some type of use instead of just right. throwing it in a hole somewhere that will never decompose because we've thrown you in this fucking casket that... <laughs> doesn't decompose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for nobody to visit you right. in 10 I mean, years. Right, at, right. After so long, that's it, you know. So, I I mean, I'd do it. I'd be down. You know, my body is changing the world while I'm alive, and I'll change the world with it when I die. <laughs> I'll do both. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's an issue at all to experiment on cadavers. It shouldn't be. Remember the bodies exhibit going around? They don't do that anymore, which is weird. Um, I think they should. Well, people didn't like that either. People were really upset about that. And, it's, you know, people just get upset about some weird things. And <laughs> well, there's so much that just gets in the way. Like, Yeah, there is. You know, if you can't see it from a perspective that isn't a religious or personal perspective, you're looking at it the wrong way. Yeah. Period. Point exactly. blank. Exactly. Like, it's fine if you don't want certain things done to you or your family members if they feel the same. But if somebody decides to volunteer their body for science, then there there should be no issue with it because your religious view should not affect that of others. Right. Like you, their rights are the same as yours. Like mm-hmm. you have your rights to protect yourself. Yeah. And people that have the same like views as you but 
to sit there and control others yeah right to sit there and and try and you know change the way things are done just based around you for the the whole like that's not fair yeah yeah and it it never has been fair that's why we have separation of you know church and state right but even still like you know it's like being sworn in on a bible or you know whatever you swear in on like i i feel like that is kind of redundant you know it's like <laughs> yeah that's... we're supposed to have the separation of church and state yet yeah that's a very in religion yeah that's a very outdated practice. Our money's outdated with in God we trust all over it. Right. I mean, I, you know, and it I wasn't think always anyway. that way either. <laughs> so we changed it. Well, it's time to change it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Put me on the dollar bill. Put me on the two dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. So queer is the yeah. two dollar bill. <laughs> so I can be a queer. <laughs> I just think that, you know. We need to be open with science specifically. We because do. We can't, we can't learn anything if we're not. Right. And science isn't a religion. No. You know, it's a practice. It's, right. it's a matter of fact. It's a, right. It's a matter of fact. So w- what is there to argue? <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> Have you yeah, heard people's I mean, op- opinions on the coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> It is very sad. I don't get the logic. I absolutely do not understand where these people are coming from. Or people like that in general, just with other topics. I I don't get it. And I probably never will because I approach things with a very scientific view. And it's, it's just, like, again, if we close ourselves off to the possibilities because it's just not right, then, then what? You know, then, then, I mean, then we're not going to get anywhere. And so, and, you know, I understand. Like I said, I, I, you know, I've explained some of these horrific human experiments. Like, no, we shouldn't do that to the people. Um, you know, and of course, I'm like, yes, we should do that to rapists and child molesters and things like that. But, you know, then again, the fact of the matter is, is that people are wrongfully convicted all the time. So then it's like. Yeah, actually, I was watching uh, America's Got Talent. And there was a guy that was on there. He was uh, in jail for. 37 years well prison let me say that but yeah um he was actually freed because of dna evidence yeah so you know like right and if we were taking him and giving him a conjoined twin right (laughs) well i mean that's just goes to show like you know what science can be used for You know, no, it's that's just, true. Yeah, that's true. You know, like that's a simple yeah. thing that's kind of been going on for a long time. Oh, yeah. But and I'm sure DNA testing has had its uh, its call to question of ethics. You know, I mean, people get upset about weird stuff. You know, and so I'm sure there were some people that were oh, well, there's people now that are like you're not gonna get my DNA, and it's like okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and then there's the, the whole thing of like you know storing somebody's DNA mm-hmm. information. It's like yeah, but you want to argue about your information being stored yet you'll rejoice when somebody is convicted uh, right, on DNA evidence. Well, you know, that's what I, right, that's the thing. is like, if you're not doing anything wrong. Because <laughs> it's like sometimes, you know, what are you worried about? 
those situations, like, they don't necessarily have that person in custody. Right. They have their DNA information on file, so when they run the DNA evidence, it can, you know, ping somebody that's in the system. And if they're not in the system, it's not going to ping it. Well, that's how they caught the the Green River killer recently was because he um, did one of those, uh, actually, I don't know if it was him. I think it was actually somebody in his family that did the, like, genetic DNA testing. And they were able to tie back DNA from murders that happened, like, in the 70s, you know. And they found out, oh, this guy's a serial killer, you know. And so it's it's pretty amazing that we're able to do stuff like that now. You know, that's, that's a pretty big deal. But, like, again. Well, who would be dumb enough to be a fucking serial killer and then submit your fucking DNA to have your fucking. <laughs> well, like I, said, I don't think he did it. I think a family member did it. And oh. somehow they were able to trace it. And so, um, you know, they were able to trace it back to him with the DNA tracing. So it's like, but like, you know, was that really a bad thing? You know, is it really a bad thing that we got a serial killer off the streets now? Um, I don't, I don't think so. And we got some, you know, closure for families. I, I think, no, I think that was probably, a, you know, so people freak out and they're like, I don't want my, you know, I don't want the government getting my DNA. Well, it's like, again, if you're not doing anything wrong then what's the problem? If you're not out there raping and killing people and leaving your DNA behind... Well, there's, like, the argument of, you know, falsifying records so they could basically just put your DNA in as it is, but then, like, if they, say, want to frame you for something, they could just submit your DNA that way. But But that's why... why they want to do that? For what reason? Right, I I mean, (laughs) These people are crazy. (laughs) Like, these people are nobody, you know? So it's like... Usually the people that are freaking out about it are nobody. Right. I'm out here fucking busting fucking government conspiracies and discovering fucking ultra terrestrials, and I'm like, please take my DNA. You can have it. I dare you. Come for me. <laughs> this is my warning right now. Come for me, guys. If I end up dead, I did not kill myself. It's, it was the government. <laughs> but it's just, it's so bizarre. And then it's like, what? They're going to take your DNA and clone you? Well, who cares? Why would you care? Right. You wouldn't <laughs> you know? even know. You wouldn't even know. Why would you care? <laughs> you know, it's it's a weird thing. Um but I guess, you know, different different people are different. Well, it's actually helped in um gosh, what are they called? It's basically this um doctor was performing uh late term abortions or um, you know, birthing babies and saying that they had died to the oh. mother and then selling them to families that necessarily couldn't have children or uh-huh. just wanted children. That's fucked up. And, uh, like, there's a whole bunch of them. Like, like baby I mean, there's stealing, a whole, yeah. like, TV series about it. About but they, they use DNA to try Stop and help families, yeah. them find their families because yeah. some of the, like, mothers didn't even know it happened. Yeah. They were under the impression that, that their, their child, child was, was stillborn. Like, wow, that's crazy. And then yeah. what? They just, I mean, how do these people find out that they weren't well, I mean, they're they usually undergo adoption because you, you know, them, like. Yeah. So, were the adopted par- do the adopted parents know that that's what's going on? Most likely, but at the same time, this doctor, you know, he's telling people that their kids are dead and they're not. So, Lord knows what he's telling these other people. Right. But there was um, some people that knew what was going on and actually like sought him out so yeah. like by word of mouth and I think it got to a point where he needed to 
essentially make it more believable by going through the adoption process with these people so that way he would less likely be you know incriminated for it okay. like he's not even alive anymore they actually um had a search warrant to break into his uh mausoleum mm-hmm. i think that's what it's called to see if there was any files in there in his mausoleum like mausoleums are a thing that they don't even have yeah because he's dead so it's like above ground why were his files in there they weren't oh but the crazy thing is it's like when they first issued a warrant they said that they didn't look in there they said that they just opened it up they went inside to see if there was nothing there well then they got another warrant where they actually opened up the tombs because there's there's three separate slots Oh, and so they got you know the family on board and they opened it up because they knew that two of them weren't used so they were thinking that the files were in the two that were empty because other people have died but nobody was put in there with them well when they went in there there was a paper from the original search warrant that was actually in the tombs so they did look in the tombs. It, it's crazy. What? I'll have to find this series so <laughs> yes. we can watch it together. <laughs> that sounds wild. That's, yeah. a, that's some deep investigation right there. Yeah, that's. But that, I wouldn't think to look in someone's mausoleum for for files. Like I guess I wouldn't think that it would run that deep. But that's a well. I think conspiracy. it was proposed by a family member mm-hmm. because of the fact that he was the only one in there, and yet there was three spots for bodies. And he didn't have anybody to put there. <laughs> Because like, I'm pretty this. sure he was married and his wife wasn't even put in there with him. That's very interesting. I wonder why. We'll have to just have to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to watch this together. That's that's very interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> man, that's that's. Let me tell you, that's uh, that's what fucked up. That's really fucked up. But yeah, you know, with the help people, of science and DNA, we've been, yeah, we've been able to know, if, to get this far. With if all people that. were. You know, so up in arms about it that they put that kind of stuff on a halt. Then these people would go their entire lives not not knowing anything, not knowing exactly what's happened. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah, DNA testing is is a that was a big deal when we were able to do that. That was a big deal. (laughs) And you know, now that now that we have these tools to do it, and and it was it is pretty cool to think about to like go back to these like crimes and stuff, these old crimes. Where they had the forethought to keep the DNA, even though we didn't have the science, they thought we need to keep this just in case. And then guess what? That just in case is now starting to pay off, and so it is really. But you know, like you said, DNA it's only useful if they already have that DNA in the database somewhere, or they have somebody to test against it. And um, but that's like fingerprints too. If mm-hmm. you know, if, if you break into somebody's car and your finger, you, you've already. You know, they already fingerprinted you sometime in jail. Then they can tie back your fingerprint, you know. Wouldn't it be crazy, though, if, like, there was a crime that happened and, like, your fingerprint just so happened to match this person's fingerprint? Well, that like, can happen. Do it! Yes, that can happen. That can. Um, fingerprints are not, we're finding out that they're not as unique, which is why we don't really use it um, as often as we used to. We, we instead use DNA. Well, now that the DNA testing has gotten a little better, you can get DNA on a lot of things in a lot of different ways. 
it's kind of the same argument for um, actually for people wearing masks is that you know something that you really don't realize is that you're spewing out little tiny droplets of saliva every time you cough every time you breathe every time you do anything with your mouth and it's open <laughs> and so if you're doing I mean if you're just you know doing that at a crime scene then your little droplets of DNA can get onto something and guess what they got DNA and they can test that again you know they can test it against you and so um, I don't think it's so much just DNA anymore. Like I think nowadays it's just like, um, I mean, as sad and gross as it, as it is, it'd be like remnants, usually remnants of, um, you know, people that were sexually abused before they died and, um, you know, stuff like that. But, um, you know, they could get, they could get enough. Um, but, you know, eventually we will get to that point. Oh, somebody breathed on this. Let me scrape that DNA off of there and test it, you know. So it's, and it's like, if we keep being able to advance with our science, um, because we bend the rules a little bit when it comes to ethics, um, then, you know, one day we will, we'll be there. Um, now, I don't know, you know, what would be unethical about DNA testing, but, <laughs> well, somebody could probably take, somebody could probably take your mask and DNA test it, and they'd probably get something back. You know, they'd probably get your DNA back from that. So, I mean... Yeah, because, like, you use your hands to take it on, take it off, you use your hands to put it well, on. you're breathing so into it, right, it's getting... skin flakes, there's Well, like, I know, like, you, you, you wear a mask up. long enough, right, it starts getting kind of moist in there, you know, that's... I, mine are, you know, made out of cotton, and I know this, I'm like, ooh, these are getting kind of gross. Right, better wash them. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta go, yeah, I gotta, I gotta take care of this. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to wash your mask every three to five days like if you wear it like on a regular basis like three to five uses like yeah. roughly yeah i'm not sure what the rules are but i have just left mine in the car because supposedly the sun yeah it'll the it'll die right but i don't know and i'll still wash them sometimes because they just get gross if you don't and then they're on your fucking mouth you know that's <laughs> that sounds like it's gross <laughs> you know at the very least they get you know they'll get stinky and I had one of my guy friends, I had to wear one of my masks one time. Usually I just wear the wand at the time. And I've got like a bunch of backups, but he wore the wand and, um, you know, he's got facial hair. It's pretty good. It was, it was pretty rank. <laughs> I was like, this is gross. <laughs> it was pretty nasty. So I, I washed it. Um, <laughs> I won't say who, but <laughs> you know who they are. <laughs> I'll tell you after the show. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, like, in order for us to make scientific advances, we need to have a little bit of give to bend the rules, and, um, you know, I think that's okay. It just depends on what we're doing. Uh, if we're not directly affecting you in your life or your anything, then you really shouldn't have an opinion on it, you know what I mean? So there's no reason why we can't clone a woolly mammoth. That's that's my whole. This is this is the this is the argument of the day. We need a we need to clone a woolly mammoth. So that's 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 the lesson here. <laughs> and I mean, it I'm needs down. to happen now because I want to pet it. And <laughs> that's right, all it's funny you say that because I was just thinking like, and can it please be in a petting zoo? Right, next? please. Let's all go see it. I will pay any amount of money. I don't care what it takes. I will sell my 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 child. <laughs> To pet a woolly Give her as an offering. <laughs> right. You can have this. <laughs> you majestic beast. You deserve my child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think she'd, she'd fare well with the woolly mammoth. I think they'd get along. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's no reason for us to not do those things. The only thing that stops us from doing those things is some weird notion that we have in our heads of right and wrong without any type of explanation. 
So that's what I think about the about the the ethics of science. What do you think? I definitely think there should be, you know, a different standard of ethics for scientists. Yeah. Just because there's so much we can learn from it. It's not well, like right. Like 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 okay, let the scientists call it a war map, but like don't let me go and film it. Because, like, right. I'm not responsible. I will ride that bitch through the streets <laughs> <laughs> naked. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would change my entire life, but it would also probably not be a good idea. <laughs> Asher's warrior princess. <laughs> It'd be the shit. You know, so, I, yeah, I mean, I do think that scientists do need to have a different standard. And at the same time, like, we need to be more open than what we're being now. I think we're definitely, we've closed off a lot of things. You know, but again, like I said earlier, like, when it comes to, like, cadavers and stuff like that, I mean, we can, we can make those now, you know? And so it's like... Well, that's cool. Okay, so then, so then we don't have to ease up on those rules because we already have. We've already made that possible. And but guess what? We were able to create recreate them because of all of the bodies that we studied studied throughout the years that got us here. You know, they weren't. We didn't fucking discover surgeries and shit by just, you know, by doing it on on, on other on animals. We did it. You know, we didn't know. <laughs> you know, first imagine being the first doctor that opened up the first human and you're like, what's in there? <laughs> right. Let me just take a peek here. <coughs> and I think there's even like stories of like certain organs and things that we believe existed because we would look at animals and assume that they had the same makeup as we did and then come to find out that they didn't. <laughs> you know, I'm sure once the once the dead died, you know, once once they had dead people, um, you know, start cutting them up and they did, but like it was very much a learning curve. You don't just cut open a dead body and you go, "Oh, I know, you know, what how to fix this living person, you know, I'm just going to take out their appendix." You know, <laughs> it's just burst. It needs to come out. You know, that they didn't know those things. And so, um you know, the best way for them to to go about finding out those things was to just do it, unfortunately. I mean, I guess I'm thankful that I live in the year 2020 as opposed to living in the year, you know, 1420 <laughs> because that was probably a rough time for medical science <laughs> so I don't know I mean like I said there's there's some things that we can let up on um, as far as the ethics goes but then there's some things that I think you know we could pull back or you know just keep in mind like we can't just go experimenting on people against their will you know and um, stuff like that so you know, consent is a, is, a, is a big thing in my life, and um, it should be in everybody's. <laughs> like, that's just one of those things. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm not sure what I got here to say, but uh, is there anything else to add on here? Not really. Okay. All right, then. Well, guys, I have a lot of work to do. I'll make sure I keep you guys updated on my Mothman adventures, and, uh, you know, hopefully I find them. But we'll still be back next week. And, uh, you know, it'll be another Wednesday. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.